Hello, and welcome to the Robert A. Heinlein Book Club. In this episode, we will be looking at uh, Gentlemen Take a Be Seated. Gentlemen Be Seated is the name of the story. Um, and I actually went and reread this because at first I wasn't too impressed with the story, um, largely because it, it kind of came off as having just like a bit of a gimmick at the end, kind of almost a joke ending. And I wanted to read it again a little more seriously because it is part of this uh, Green Hills of Earth anthology, which is so good. I mean, it was republished in Green Hills of Earth, which I've been thoroughly impressed with all of those stories, which really do a lot of world building. I think more than any other the future history stories, more than Methuselah's Children, uh, more than any of the early future history stories, like, uh, uh, you know, the revolt in 2100, all that. These just do so much of saying, like, what is that heroic generation of, of humans in space gonna look like? What are the people gonna be look? What are the people gonna look like? What are they gonna be their values? Uh, what is gonna be their tensions, their anxieties, the the psychology of all that? And I and I think they do a really good job. That that collection of stories, um, and the, and these were the stuff published like in, I think mostly in slicks after World War II. And so when I first read this, and it's like, oh, so this is essentially a story about a fat guy using his his butt to seal a, a, a leak in a, in a capsule on the moon, thereby saving the lives of, of his, his, you know, his fellow, you know, his, the, his companions. And that, it's kind of interesting. I don't know what to make of it, except it is sort of just a, a comical situation because we're set up, we're set up early on that this guy is not only an excellent, like, uh, workman, He's he's part of the working class, but he's overweight, and it's presented as kind of a joke. He's actually just called Fatso in the story, and then when you know he's able to use his his body, essentially his overweight body, his several layers of fat to seal a, a breach. I don't know if that would really happen. I'm thinking, what's that scene? And is it Alien Resurrection, where the one little pinhole sucks out the alien through the airlock or, or through the through the through the hole? Um, bit by bit, pretty grossly. I, I don't know the physics of all that. Um, he's like, oh, it'll just collect a red mark if I do that. And, and he, he survives fine and, and all that. But I went back and I, I reread it with a little bit more attention to maybe what Heinlein is trying to do here. And, and I, I think still it's not the best of these stories, but I, I do think there's a few interesting things here. Um, the, first sent, the first paragraph actually, I think, has some interesting context for what this 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 story or just more broadly about like the moon um, and space exploration in general because you have the openness of space the endlessness of space the vast like we saw in ordeal in space it's about that vastness but then we have um the kind of stuff in maybe like misfit where they're like mining and and the people who live in underground under the moon right in the moon they they don't live on the moon they live in the in the moon right i think that's a point made and um it's great to be home um so in that sense there's a bit of a contradiction between you need the people who are good at tight confined spaces and the people who are 
good in open spaces. So here's the quote. It takes both agrophobes and claustrophobes to colonize the moon or make it agrophiles and claustrophiles for the men who go into space had better not have phobias. If anything on a planet, in a planet, or in empty reaches around the planets can frighten a man, he should stick to Mother Earth. A man who would make his living away from terra firma must be willing to be shut up in a cramped spaceship, knowing that it may become his coffin. And yet he must be undismayed by the wide open spaces of space itself. Spacemen, men who work in space, pilots and jetmen, and astrogators and such are men who like a few million miles of elbow room. On the other hand, the moon colonists need to be the sort who feel cozy burrowing around underground like so many pesky moles, end quote. Now, it seems this is a story about the moles, about the, the people burrowing in the moon, and, and it is mostly about that, but the, the breach makes it also about the openness, the indifference, the vastness of space. Like, even though you're, you're in a you know, in underground tunnels, man-made constructions, you're always just one small surface away from, from the vastness of space and the vacuum, right? And a breach allows that. So this three layers of fat that our, our character name, Fatso, has seals that breach uh, between the two. And so he, it's literally the workmen in a sense that have to be the ones who shore up that boundary, right? That allow human settlement to even be possible in space through, through their labor. So this is a kind of a working class story. It's a story about the labors of, of human empire in, in space, right? Uh, empire takes a huge amount of labor to sustain itself. It's something I've been saying for, for a while in some of my other work, um, you know, without people building the docks and running the ships and, and unloading the ships and patrolling the frontiers and all that stuff, empire's not possible. Um, and here we have that. Uh, there's, in fact, I think one thing that's nice about the Green Hills of Earth series of all, entirely is its focus on the working class, the experience, the, the common sailor, the common spaceman's experience. Uh, certainly in the titular story, the Green Hills of Earth, that's what it's about, right? A working class uh, poet of, of, of space, of, the spa uh, of space. So this is our, I think this is our closest look at Lunar City, Luna City we ever got. We, I guess with It's Good to Be Home, we got a little bit of it. It's referenced at other times. And of course, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress is all about life on the moon, in the moon, whatever. But this is our, maybe our closest look at how it actually functions through underground tunnels. And a lot of it is technical stuff about how the airlocks work and how safety is maintained because there's moonquakes from the powerful tidal forces that the moon faces. Like, like we get our tides from the moon. The moon gets its tides from the earth, so it's much more powerful. Um, and so that's worked out here. And so I don't know if, to what degree there are uh, moonquakes on the moon. But they're described here as a major threat to the infrastructure of building the moon. So they have to prepare for that. They have to have safety conditions and, and ways of making sure that people in these tunnels aren't going to be trapped and killed in some kind of accident. Um, so our, our main character here is, or our narrator, is, is kind of visiting um, on vacation to the moon. Uh, to the moon and he gets to interact and, he, and he's like shown around and he's introduced to the working class people who sustain this and these are all presented very very clearly as brilliant guys like for instance when um, 
Fatso Konski, that's his full name. Uh, what was his first name? I'm not sure, but Fatso Konski is how he's re referred to in the story. When he's sitting on the breach, he's playing chess, you know, just by calling it with another guy who's also just calling, they're both just calling off uh, moves. Now, I don't know if you ever tried to do this. I'm sure like chess masters can probably do this, but I don't think most of us can. Uh, it takes a certain level of brilliance or skill to be able to do that. And he's able to do that here. Um, so these are brilliant people. These are engineers. They're also like incredible workmen. Fatso himself is told is said to be the best on like four planets, and he stopped working on Venus. And then, and so the moon benefits from having his skills. But he's he's presented as like a brilliant engineer even though he's, he's, he's kind of a working stiff sort of character. So I think that's an interesting aspect of this story as well as just the, the kind of characters we run into. And they're always betting. They're always playing games. Uh, the betting in this story, it's nonstop. They're constantly like wagering, which also seems to be in Heinlein's mind, at least a very working class uh, thing, a way of, uh, it's a very frontier thing, right? It's uh, in frontier settings. There's a lot like a machismo culture often in that. Um, and it's now in the, on the moon, it's going to be interesting. And the moon is heart's mistress because that, that attitude gets tempered by this incredible power that women have. That he, Kindly is not yet exploring that aspect of it because this is all, like an all-male environment. But it's um, the gambling of it. It does uh, seem true to frontier settings that I've read about where there's a lot of feats of strength kind of thing, but gambling and risk-taking is just part of it. Um, I read a great book about the French-Canadian fur traders who their culture was full of this stuff. Um, but anyways, all that really happens in the story is he, they're down in the tunnels. There's a, a rocket accident crashing that causes this breach where they are. And um, there's a couple of threats. One is oxygen will run out eventually. But that's not an immediate threat. They think they can get help in time, but it's not clear. Um, they don't have spacesuits for everyone, and they it's getting colder. Uh, so eventually the solution is having Fatso sit on the breach and with his bare ass, essentially, and then have, I think, is it our narrator ventures out with the spacesuit then to try to get help, um, and then eventually they are saved. And they wake up, and he wakes up in a hospital bed, not dead. Fats is alive. Everyone makes it. Um, and it's just uh, the last lines of the story is a joke about uh, owing money. So um, is there much to say about the story? Um, yeah, there's a few things. I, I think it, it, if you separate the fact that it, it, it ultimately is a story about someone sitting on a uh, on a breach to space. It's kind of an, an interesting look at the culture of frontier settlement um, on the moon. And I, I think that sense it fits very much into this, this anthology of stories, the green hills of earth, which pretty much they've all been pretty excellent at this point. I don't think this, this may not be, this is not my favorite of them. It's, it's lower on my list if I was going to rank these, but I do think it's, it's better than a lot of the other Heinlein stories we read. And, and I'm liking his short, shorter fiction. I think his longer stories do tend to drag a little bit. I'm thinking of like Sixth Column. It's just like too much. It's a novel split up over in a couple issues. It's, 
you know, give me, give me these short, thematically rich stories. I, I, these have been great, actually. So um, I guess that's all. I think that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, the idea. Oh, one more thing. The idea that you need people who are comfortable or love open spaces and people who love confined spaces. That's contradiction in space, that space is huge and empty, but it's also very tight and small and, and confined, and you have to be right up against people. Um, and that's just the nature of it, because the hu- where humans can live in space has to necessitate, by necess- necessity be small and tiny. The spaceship, the, 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 the little, like the Apollo um, capsule, right? Those little tiny places where you fit people in, uh, basically a cockpit um, or on the moon. In the moon, we have these tunnels, um, but space itself is so massive, so huge. And that, that contradiction is, is explored in this, this um, story. So I think that leaves only two stories before we get to Red Planet. Uh, we have one more future history story called The Black Pits of Luna which is a, a Boy Scout um, story. And then we have Our Fair City, which isn't in the future history. So two more stories, and then so one more week, and then we'll, we'll spend a couple episodes on Red Planet. So that is going to be lots of fun. So um, let me know what you think of these, these stories. If you have any thoughts on any of the ones we've looked at recently, send me an email at 100pagescast at gmail.com. I don't check it every day, but I do try to check it occasionally. So that's going to be it for now. Uh, Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.